Well, hello, my friend, and welcome back. Did you come back because you wanted to find out what happened to Jonah? If so, then you are at the right place. And if you just stumbled in and found this podcast, you're also at the right place. Where are you? You have arrived at Life and Faith Chats, a podcast where we use the number one best-selling book in the world, the Bible, to illuminate us and to teach us life lessons from biblical characters whom I call personalities. I'm honored and blessed that you chose to join me today. I am doing a four-part series. The book of Jonah has four chapters, and this is chapter two. If you joined us for chapter one, you know that we have been tossed into the water with Jonah. If you did not, it's okay. You just happened to join us for some real deep discussions today. So friend, chapter two begins with a prayer. Jonah has already been tossed in. He's been swallowed by this great fish and Jonah is praying to God. And I have a question that I would like for you to think about. The Bible teaches that God forgives. God forgives sin. Does the Bible also teach that God forgives consequences? As you roll that over in your mind, let me tell you how this chat is going to go. We're going to assess Jonah's current situation. We're going to also discuss a belief that a lot of people hold to, even in different religions. I personally believe that is wrong, and I'm going to attempt prayerfully to use scriptures to show you why I think that's wrong thinking and why I think it also helps to influence some of the choices that we make. We're also going to meet and get into three other Bible characters' business. We're going to kind of dive into choices that they made and make correlations with that of Jonah's and hopefully also make connections with choices that we have made. At the end, I hope that we learn a little bit more about God's love for us and become more inclined to choose his way rather than ours. And finally, get the question answered that I asked you, maybe from Jonah's prayer. Let's begin by stating the obvious. Jonah is trapped. And you should be saying, well, yeah. But why is he trapped? How did Jonah get into this mess? Here's a much better question, and I think worthy of reflection. How do you and I get into our messes? Did Jonah really think he could disobey God and not have any consequences? Do we assume the same? Jonah asked to be thrown into the water, perhaps to end it. But now he's stuck in the belly of a fish and he's not dead. When we disobey God, can we escape consequences? So Jonah is stuck. His only way out is to cry out to God, the same God he was running from. Can you make any connections to choices that you have made? Have you ever been so stuck 
and confused and despondent that you don't know what to do. In many areas in our lives where we've done ourselves in, we end up blaming our mamas, the neighbors, God, and everyone else, and actually saying that if God didn't want it to happen, it wouldn't have. And in some cases, we get in situations that are because of the acts of others. I don't want us to miss something because it plays over and over again in the Bible. Jonah was presented with a command from God. You may call it an assignment if you want. Jonah has free will. So do we. He chose not to do what God asked him to do. Disobedience to God leads to our downfall. In Jonah's case, down in the water. The fish is both a way of escape and an entrapment. Spiritual timeout. Think about that for a moment. And as you think about that, please remember that choices is married to consequences. God presented us from the book of Genesis the choice between life and death, and it has not changed. When we decide to call out to God and he in his mercy deliver us from these situations, do the consequences go away? Okay, let's take a break from Jonah for a moment as I get on my soapbox. And is this, that things happened or are allowed because that's what God wanted? I don't believe that's biblical. We underestimate one of our superpowers, free will. We also confuse God's redemptive plan with his perfect will. Have you ever wondered why in Genesis 3 verse 13, God asked Adam and Eve, what is this? you have done. Does this infer that our choices do not always line up with the plan that God has for us? By the way, that's not the only time God asks that question in the Bible. Do you know that the Bible also talks about God being grieved because of the choices and decisions that we make? So I believe that it is wrongfully said that just because God is omniscient and knows all things, that when we abuse the gift of choice and subsequently consequences unfold, we then falsely rationalize that somehow because God didn't stop it, then it's what he wanted or intended. Scary, but God respects man's choices. Let's check out this verse. Jesus in the Lord's Prayer said, Pray. Thy kingdom come, and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That tells me that God's way, God's will, is different from man's way and man's will. Let's uncover this even more in the life of Cain. Cain was one of Adam and Eve's sons. There's a backstory before we take up the conversation between Cain and the Lord that happened in Genesis. When Adam and Eve sinned, God clothed them. Remember, up until that time, they were naked. This may have been the beginning of animal sacrifices. There was no recorded death just yet. So was an animal sacrifice so that the skin could be used to clothe them? This truth is established in the Bible by the verse that without the shedding of blood, no man can see God. 
see where in the garden, even with that act, God was already foreshadowing the death of Jesus, his perfect sacrifice. Connection to Cain. Cain apparently knew that they were to make animal sacrifices to bring to God. Okay, this is what Genesis 4 says from the English Standard Version. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. But for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was angry and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you. You must rule over it. This is a drop the mic moment or maybe a fishing line. God has made Cain aware that he has a choice. He's already chosen to disobey God. But God is telling him he still has a chance to change that. My friends, let's talk. This is God having a conversation with a man. He has told them what to do. This man is determined to do what he likes and do it the way he wants to do it. And he wants God to bless it. Have you ever... Yes, you have. As long as you were born and you're human, that's what we do all of the time. Here's the new lingo to that. That's my truth. As long as it's not hurting anyone. Well, that's what I believe. I have my rights. I can do it my way. You can do it your way. We can all do it any way we want. When we question God's word or rebel against it, we make ourselves the standard. Let's get really deep. Are we all guilty of the sin of idolatry? We have been given a standard. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's in John 4, 16. Cain refused to accept God's way. Let me break this down more. Cain felt that God should not only accept his sacrifice, but bless it. That is so revelatory. Confession time. Isn't this what we also do? Some of us are not bold enough to say it, but we all think it. We expect God to change his way to accommodate whatever floats our boat. Let's return to Cain's choice. Cain did not change his sacrifice. He did not heed God's warning. Instead, he ended up killing his brother. God comes back to him, and the same sad but eternal words are repeated. What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. So I ask you, was this God's will? No, it wasn't. Let me read an interesting scripture verse to you from Psalms 115, verse 16, English Standard Version. The heavens are the Lord's heavens, but the earth he has given to the children of man. 
I told you we're going to get deep. Do you know that when you make a choice, no matter how large or insignificant, that it not only affects you, but it affects others, it affects those connected to you, and even your community and family? Think about what's happening in the nations and then bring it back. Bring it closer to home. What's happening in your family? What's happening with you? Have you checked the choices and decisions that you've been making lately or that you've made in the past? Let's complete Cain's encounter with God. This is the Lord speaking to Cain after he asked him those questions. And this is Cain's consequence. When you work the ground, it shall no longer yield to you its strength. You shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. And listen to Cain's response. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, you have driven me today away from the ground, and from your face I shall be hidden. I shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. Cain's response is pretty typical. It's woe is me. How is this affecting me? And God's response is amazing, amazing grace. And God says to Cain, not so. And then he issues a decree. If any man, anyone kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord put a mark on Cain, lest any who found him should attack him. Now, please get this. Then Cain went away from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Did God provide a redemptive plan for Cain? Yes, he did. When we cry out to God, he responds to us in mercy. But look what happened to Cain. He had a mark of protection, but he bore a mark. We can't forget that. And in addition to that, Cain is no longer in the direct presence which of God, which seems to have been resting in Eden. He is now to the east. He's away. And that means his family has also been impacted. He separated from one set and his immediate family has been removed from God's direct presence. Why? Because Cain chose to follow his way instead of God. Was this God's perfect plan for Cain? I don't think so. You have to draw your own conclusion. Just because God allows things to happen does not mean that God approves of what happens. Once again, we have to recognize that we were given choice and that we have been told by God to choose life and to learn to pray for his will to be done and not ours. Now let's meet a family. This group of people were trapped by a decision that was made as one woman tried to help God out. And in a way, they're still trapped. Friends, say hello to Sarah and Hagar. Just so we're keeping up, Jonah did not agree with God's command. Cain 
did not like God's command and decided to change it. And Sarah felt like God was taking too long, so she decided to help him. Are any of these scenarios real to you? Have you ever tried to help God or nudge or assist him because you felt like he was just taking too long? I have. How did it work out? (laughs) Let's check out Sarah's story. Sarah did not have a child, and she had been waiting for years to have a child. Sounds reasonable. And God had promised that they would have a child. Child just hadn't arrived yet. So Sarah had a bright idea. She got her handmaiden. She told her husband, I tell you what, let's see if you can get her pregnant and then this child can be ours. I promise this is in the Bible and you are not listening to housewives of Jerusalem. But Sarah's premise alone should be making you think, huh? And my side note is, why didn't Abraham protest more? He went along just like Adam did with Eve. Did this choice to do her things her way and not wait on God cause problems? Let's just say the two of them could have a podcast all of their own or a mini series. So Hagar gets pregnant and then, surprise, she gets an attitude. She's pregnant for the master, Abraham. And the drama continues, literally. She's strutting all around in Sarah's bad soap opera. Abraham's looking stuck. And Sarah tells Abraham to put Hagar out. I wonder if Sarah ever reflected on her choice. Abraham is stuck. He is literally caught between his wife and his son. He goes to God in prayer and God tells him to listen to his wife. I don't know why he didn't pray to God before this whole thing happened, but That's where we are. So Hagar is put out with some provisions and she cries out to God in the wilderness and God tells her to humble herself and she comes back to the family. She listened. Her son is born. He's given the name Ishmael, which is the name that the angel gave him in the desert. And 13 years later, Ishmael is acting like Most teenagers do. He's making fun of his younger brother, Sarah's son. Sarah has had this child that God promised. And what happens again? Sarah tells Abraham to put them out. Are the consequences of Sarah's choice still going on 13 years later? Back in the wilderness, in this place of separation, Hagar cries out to God. And so does Ishmael. The Lord rescues and delivers them. There seems to be no reconciliation between Sarah and Hagar. Did Ishmael ever get a chance to reunite with his father? God blessed both of the sons, but he did not alter what he has said in the first place, that Isaac was the child of promise. That, my friend, is quite a story. Ishmael and all he represents came about because a man and a woman chose not to wait on God and to do things their own way. 
Was that God's perfect will? Let me ask you this question. Is there still conflict that exists between those two brothers? Yes, there is. Disobeying God, choosing to alter his will, presenting our plan for him to bless are not things that we should take lightly. There are consequences for our actions. The back of Jesus Christ still bears the marks of our rebellion and sin against God. Isaiah 53, 5 reads like this, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. So Jonah is in this fish. I didn't forget about Jonah. And this is what Jonah prayed. And this is Jonah chapter 2. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight. Remember that from Cain? Yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit. O Lord my God, when my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. Idolatry. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. And only God knows what Jonah vowed to him in the belly of that great fish. Jonah ends by saying, Salvation belongs to the Lord. And Jesus picks up that theme in Matthew 12, verse 40. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, notice Jesus didn't say will, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Let's connect that back to Jonah's prayer. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever, yet you brought up my life from the pit. Sin has consequences, but God's redemptive plan delivers us every single time. And as Jonah ended his prayer, he said, 
salvation belongs to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. Now you get to decide if we're delivered from consequences. We begin our next chat in Nineveh. Kindly come back. Let's see what Jonah's up to. Did the people receive his message? Were they able to change God's mind? Thank you for joining me. This has been Life and Faith Chats with Joy. Peace.